Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Welcome, amigas, to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you so much for listening to me on a weekly basis, listening to our guests here on, on Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. And sometimes when I'm on here, I'm kind of getting nervous and I'm like, okay, what am I going to talk about? And as you know, I've been an immigration attorney for so long that that's like my go-to, especially given the fact that so much is going on out there with in regards to immigration. But what I really wanted to talk to you about is a is something that's been brewing and I love. I can't um, believe that this was not in my life before, but I've been doing master classes and I've had some massive success in in my courses with the Amiga Way Academy. And so of course I needed to um do this again. So I created the How to Handle Your Shit and Live a Better Life Masterclass. These classes are absolutely free and they are being held April 27 at 6 p.m., April 29 at 6 p.m., and Friday, April 30th at noon. So they're at various times so that you can go check it out and it's absolutely free. All you have to do is register and show up. You'll find the link in the show notes to register. So now what is it all about? What is this masterclass all about? It's about learning how to order the life you want, transforming the way you think. It's about community leveling up one another on a daily basis, sending much love and gratitude. It's basically knowing that the way you were operating in life before isn't the way you ought to operate now, especially given what's been going on with all these restrictions. Some of us have been going really cuckoo, really crazy because we want connection more than ever. We want connection. And this is a beautiful way to connect. Come and check it out. You'll learn how to ask deeper questions so that you can live an epically aligned life. You will gain more clarity, confidence, certainty, less resistance, and more abundance in your life. 
Who doesn't want that? So this is absolutely free. Okay, all you need to do is register and see me in the master classes. It's via Zoom, so you can watch it anywhere on your laptop, computer, on your iPhone or your Android, anywhere you can watch. So um, don't don't miss out. They there will be limited seating. So it's super important that if you want to partake in these free master classes, they're at different times. Act now and forever hold your peace. And if you have any questions in regards to um, who's next on the podcast, or you want to let me know who you want on the podcast, what kind of interviews you want to hear, definitely do that um, by emailing me at latinaslivingmacro at gmail.com or you can visit my website which is www.jackietapia.com Welcome back to Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. I'm excited here to have this amazing, brave, courageous soul to discuss with us about something that's been um, near and dear to my heart It's very close in my heart, and I know it will be for you, amigas out there. And what I'm talking about is autism. And April is the month for autism awareness, and I really felt that it was super important for me to come on to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast and have someone speak about it and how that has affected her life. And um, I have this beautiful soul. Her name is Lynette Falcon, who has a beautiful son who um, has uh, autism. And uh, she's done something super beautiful. And I really, really wanted to have her here to discuss her journey and what she's done and um, in hopes that it will help an amiga out there who believes that their kid Um, is on the spectrum and is afraid, this episode will give you the bravery, oh, I'm sorry, (laughs) the bravery that you need to um, seek out different resources and because it's a very challenging, challenging um, situation to be in. So I wanted to also say to amigas out there, I'll give you a little bit of a statistic here. According to the National Autism Association, autism now affects one in 54 children. Over half are classified as having an intellectual disability or borderline intellectual disability. Boys are four times more likely to have autism than girls. But, you know, it, it can happen to either boy or girl, but um, Lynette has truly, truly uh, paved the way for her son, but for also other kids. And I can't wait for you to hear this episode because she has a lot of beautiful takeaways and also some amazing surprises for you guys. So here, without further ado, this is Lynette Falcon. Hello, 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 and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I am truly excited for my guest today. Um, it is quite an honor to have her here um, because, as you will find out, um, this is a very, very important episode. And it's important because we're talking about autism. 
I really needed my amiga to come on board to talk about autism and how that affects children and specifically her child. And it is April, and I really wanted this episode to drop in April. And so I have my beautiful friend here. Her name is Lynette Falcon. She's an independent Spanish-speaking living trust consultant. She's also the founder of Helpers of Mankind, helping children with ADHD and autism, and um, is such a fabulous person, beautiful soul. She's Latina. And she has a beautiful, beautiful story to tell us about not only navigating the waters with autism in, in, in her life, but also about her son and the things that she learned while nav- navigating the waters of autism. So, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynette, for being here. I'm super excited to have you here because I know this is such an important topic for you. And I know, amigas out there, you must know someone who has autism. Everyone, I believe everyone, I personally know it has hit my family. And I'm so honored that you are here because I believe that, but this is a topic that many parents um, uh, are probably scared to even admit that their child is autistic. And that's okay, because they need to navigate their journey. And, um, but I have such a beautiful and brave soul here with us. Her name is Lynette Balcon. Welcome, my love. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Amiga, for having me on your podcast. It is an absolute honor to be here and share my story. And in the hopes that this story can help somebody else is basically what we're here to do is I'm here to serve um, either with families and with children and with friends. So yeah. thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So let's get started. Okay, so you're a Latina. You're a Latina and um, uh, you were raised here in California or where, where are you from originally? I'm from Puerto Rico. So I'm from Ponce and um, I was uh, born in Puerto Rico and raised, uh, I want to say half outside of Puerto Rico and half in Puerto Rico um, with my mom being a pastor. Uh, since I was the age of five, it gave me the pleasure of living in many, many different um, parts of the country, and Mexico was one of them. So I, I love my Mexico. I, it was really close to my heart. And um, But yes, so I, I had the pleasure of living in California most of my adult life and some of my childhood. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's super cool. Like you were, you traveled yes. to other parts of, of the world and live there. Yes. How was that? Like, I mean, going to Mexico from Puerto Rico and traveling with your mom who's a pastor, that must have been really exciting. You know, I think that is one of the main reasons why at any time of the year that I can take my son somewhere, I do because I miss that. I had an opportunity of traveling a lot and a different kind of traveling because obviously it was missionary work. It was different, but nevertheless, you know, I got to enjoy other people's cultures and food and and habits and sleeping arrangements and all sorts of different things that have really helped develop who I became as an adult. And, And I say that with great honor and, and, and pride because I can eat at 
at a fancy restaurant and I can eat sitting on the floor and they both mean exactly the same thing to me. Um, and so I, I've always taken that really close to my heart because it really, I enjoy either one. I can live in a metropolitan area and then you can take me out to the country and I am as happy. Wow, that is fantastic. How beautiful is that, that you can accommodate, whether it's like a traditional home setting of, you know, dining or like a, a fancy place, mm -hmm. you can definitely accommodate. So that really is like, I feel that that is um, a beautiful quality you have that has helped you yes. with what the topic that we're going to talk about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, Okay, so the reason we have you here is because we want to know more about autism, awareness of autism, but it all started with one special person in your life, right? Yes, okay. my only son. Okay, so let's talk about your son. What is his name? And um, how did you come to the conclusion that there was something happening that was in meeting the the markers of development okay so i have uh, my son his name is harrison he is 12 years old and autism came into our lives when he was um i want to say maybe about seven now that is not when i thought there was a problem but that's when it was kind of when it became more formal more and became more on paper um it, it came into in our lives in a really really hard time um i was going through a divorce i was you know losing our home and it, it, it kind of just all came in at the same time which made it such a harder thing to process. It's already a harder thing to process, but in my case, it became really hard because I was already going through an emotional uh, time. And then um, my, my pediatrician, when he was little, I would tell her, hey, he's doing this. And she's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Kids have tics and they get over it. And, and I kept on saying, you know, I, I might not have gone to school 10 years like you did. But as a mom, I have to honestly say, I really think there's something going on. And um, so what he would do is he would flap his hands a lot, um, especially when he saw things that were spinning. And those were like indicators. Um, every child has different indicators, um, but as a parent, you always have to follow that instinct because you will know when something is, it's just not, it doesn't seem right. It wasn't bad, it just didn't seem right. And so that's how it, it, it came about. So when he was about seven, um, I was in a trip in Puerto Rico and um, I took him to a specialist there and we went over a lot of different things that turned out to be um, Asperger's and ADHD. Wow. Mm. Oh, my God. So you had to go back to your native country to find out what exactly yeah. was going on. Yeah. Do you find that, that um, I mean, I can say for, for me, myself, as someone who was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis back in 2004, Mm -hmm. I had gone through so many doctors. Mm -hmm. I mean, like six until I had a definitive diagnosis. Is that the same thing that happens in these kinds of situations? Yes. You know, I, I when I was here, I went to a neurologist and I went to all sorts of things. And, and these are not 
cheap exams that are done, you know, and I kept on saying, how can you guys keep on telling me that there's nothing wrong with my son? And sitting at the neurologist, he would shake his hand and move his leg and 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 still she would say there was nothing wrong. And it was so frustrating. I have to tell you, Jacqueline, it was it was like, oh my gosh, like where do I go? Who else do I ask? And then I was I happened to have a trip in Puerto Rico and I called my family members and I know there's a couple of them that are very connected with doctors. And I said, I, somebody needs to find me a doctor where I can take my son. And that's where the journey began. Wow. A mother knows best. Que no, amigas? I mean, really, truly. Our gut knows exactly what is wrong with our kid. Mm-hmm. There's just that, that umbilical cord connection. Even though you're still, you're not attached anymore, but you still have that. You have that feeling and you know there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. So, you go to Puerto Rico, you get this diagnosis. So then what happens? You come back to America, I mean, to mainland, if you will. And mm-hmm. so you go, you do, you confront this pediatrician and say, listen, look it, I, it's, it's in fact, there is something here. So what I did when I came back, I went back to the pediatrician and sure enough, I said, look, I respect everything that you've done for my son this far you know, no complaints. I said, but when I asked you for help, you kept on saying there was nothing wrong. Here are the studies. Here's what we did. And I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't want to say that medicine is different in the United States. That's not what I'm going to say. But what I'm saying, I'm going to say is that sometimes when you go to a different country, um, they're a little more detail in their in, in their investigation. And I'm not saying that to offend any of my doctors here because that is not the intention. Um, but I think that sometimes when we're here, they're a little to get you out of the office a little quicker or maybe not put too much attention. And when I went there, I, I'm gonna tell you, we were there all day. You know, we were there all day. We did different studies. We did different things. We even did, uh, you know, a sensory testing and, and we did a motors testing and and he did drawings and he did all these things that nobody had done here which was very frustrating to me but we got it done you know whether it was there it was here i got it done but nevertheless amigas you do not stay with one diagnosis you do not just take one doctor's word for it you investigate and if your gut is still telling you no there's something else you research it and you go for it because chances are you are right wow wow amiga see you really really have to not only listen to your your instinct but if someone is telling you something that is different than what you really truly believe it is your opportunity to go research and find out the truth Mm-hmm. Because obviously, as mothers, we want the best for our kids, yep. the best. Absolutely. And, and um, obviously, we, you know, we always want, you know, all like roses and and beauty. But I mean, not every time, not all the time is beauty mm-hmm. and roses. Absolutely, absolutely. So okay, so now you have this diagnosis. So what did you do with it? Like that. Did you have to go to um, uh, a different type of um, treatment plan or did you did you still continue with that pediatrician or did you just move on to a different? Um, no, I, did move, I moved on to a different pediatrician. Absolutely. And to my disappointment, what I was afraid of is what they was was what they told me was, OK, we're going to prescribe your son Adderall. Ooh. And um, 
it's going to be a very low dose and he will be great. And I said, okay, and what's my second option? And they're like, well, no, there's no second option. I mean, this is it. There's really nothing for Asperger's aside from, you know, um, you can do things that keep his hands occupied or whatever the case might be. And I said, oh, my gosh. I said, yeah, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I walked out of my second pediatrician uh, super disappointed and super sad and all the sadness you can think of because I thought the last thing I want to give my son is Adderall. To again, I am respectfully saying not to disrespect any of my doctors that, you know, prescribe that to the kids. But, you know, every small dose adds up. And for a child that is autistic, you're doing the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Now, if you have a child that is heavily autistic and doesn't function or whatever the case might be, and Adderall is the only option, then by all means, I totally respect that for every amiga out there dealing with this situation. Not a problem, but it wasn't for my case. Um, I said, there is no way I'm going to give a pill to my son, which is going to give him the sense of zombiness all day. And it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So my journey began. And let me tell you, amigas, it's, it's a very hard journey. But once you get to a place that you are content and you're happy, then it'll all be worth it. The journey began from me researching other options and um, listening to podcasts, uh, you know, and maybe back then, we're talking only maybe 2017, that it wasn't as heard of as now and radio stations that talk about autism, that talk about every options that they're all out there. And I happened to come across this doctor that talked about what neurofeedback was on children with autism. So I said, okay, this is something, this is something I've never heard of. Let me research it. I researched it. I loved it. I called the doctor, I set up an appointment, I interviewed him. I, you know, I had my book and my notes ready to go. And I, I researched it so much that I think I, I understand where they're coming from and I'm understanding how it works uh, for children with autism. And I have to honestly tell you, once I came across that information and then I came across more information that food has a lot to do with the way our kids react on a daily basis. So if you have a kid that is um, overly hyper, which is why they give them Adderall, right? To keep them down and then they're like zombies and they're not normal. A kid is meant to be hyper in generally. So we don't want to stomp on that because it takes that happiness that the child needs to release and and, and jump and, and scream and yeah they're a little more a little more louder than your usual you know normal uh child but i came to understand that food has a lot to do with it and so then i i i got a nutritionist that only focused on children with autism and so I began to understand the foods that are a big no-no for the kids with autism. And every child is different, um, and every child reacts to certain foods differently. So if it's something that any Amiga out there wants to learn more about, obviously you will have all my information and we can go more into details, you know, who they can get a hold of and how we can walk them through the process. That's what I'm here to do. But I have to tell you, Amigas, 
one treatment, food made a whole lot of difference for my son. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. You just dropped like a, like an atomic bomb. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, you're totally correct. I've always believed that food has the best benefits and has the worst, worst things, mm -hmm. worst things. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then you bring on this, the Western medicine to it. It's like, it's almost like an atomic bomb, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it's just waiting to just erupt. Yes. Oh my God. So, <laughs> oh, let me get through this. Okay. So you research and there was this option of neurofeedback. I want to know more about that because I'm thinking that a lot of amigas out there are like, what the heck is that all about? Because yes. we can get to the food, but this neurofeedback, uh, okay. Okay. What is that? <laughs> okay. So I am going to make it like super simple. Like I always used to say, explain it to me like I'm a three-year-old because it's better to understand. And amigas, we have a lot on our plate. We wear a lot of different hats. So I'm going to make it really simple. So neurofeedback is kind of like physical therapy of the brain. Okay. So when somebody has a heart attack, they go to physical therapy, right? To kind of make their, their muscles remember what they're meant to do, right? So basically that's kind of what neurofeedback does. It's like a, a reprogramming of the neurons, you wanna say, in the brain. So it's like you're reprogramming a computer um, and it's showing your child how to refocus on, on what they're doing. So what they do is they put, um, I wanna say a little wires. I don't, I don't have the medical terms. Please forgive me, amigas. I'm just simple girl, just like you guys. So they're like, you know, like when they do an EKG, right? So the same thing goes on their brain. And then they, they monitor like their brain waves and they put them on a computer so that they can follow a trend on the computer. And it shows him when to focus, when not to focus. And there are games to keep them entertained, but it's basically reprogramming that part of the brain that is a little off the chart. And it shows them how to do that on a daily basis. So then when they're in school, right, they've already learned how to look at a board and focus on what the teacher is writing on the board so that they can stay focused throughout that moment or that hour or that half an hour. Now, every child is different. So again, we go back to food. If we're giving them food that's making them hyper, you're defeating the purpose. So everything has to go hand in hand. We can't do one without the other. We can't. It's just not going to work. Okay, so now we okay, so we're, we we talked about this reprogramming. Mm -hmm. Now the food. What kinds of foods? What do we eliminate? Okay, like I said, every child is going to be different. So when the child goes to this doctor and they go, they they do what they call a brain mapping. It kind of shows the brain in different colors, and it's going to help the doctors understand if they're eating something that is is creating the different colors on. Or, or swollenness on certain parts of the brain. So it's kind of like asthma, right? So you're consuming something, it's causing your, your lungs to expand and then you can't breathe properly. The same kind of happens in the brain. So when they consume certain foods that overreact and they have an allergic reaction to it, then they start acting up, they're hyper, they're, all sorts of things go on. So that's where the specialty of the doctors come in. That's why we love them so much, right? Um, but in my case, um, we, elim we eliminated gluten, we eliminated milk, 
any any cow products, any any cheese, any milks, anything like that. Um, we eliminated colors. Oh my God, amigas, colors in foods are so bad. So when you see all the foods that have colored in it, no bueno for your kid. So like like for instance, like food coloring colors is food that what you're okay. yes. So when you look at the ingredients of food, it'll say red dye and it'll have a number. Okay. Green dye's number. All those, you try to eliminate as many foods that contain color. Any natural color is okay, but any added color is no good for a child with autism. Oh, wow. Okay, so now you have, you have your child on a special diet. Mm -hmm. What does a, a day consist of for, for him? So we want to increase a lot of the protein in their diets. So my, my, my diet consists of, we have gluten-free pancakes in the morning. You know, we have fruit, um, not all fruits. So remember, a lot of them have a lot of sugar. So we try to eliminate as much sugar as we can into a child's diet. So we have fruit. Um, we have, if we're going to have natural juice, orange juice. Um, at lunchtime, he does eat a lot of salad. So I'm very lucky that I have oh a my God, girl. salad. <laughs> I love it because anywhere he can have a salad, you know, and it's really funny because a lot of people will be like, your son eats salad. He eats salmon, he eats salad, whatever you put on his plate, he will eat. But I have to tell you, amigas, it started from really early. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to, you know, it's either you eat or you don't eat. And I do not cook two meals in my house. Mm. No. No. salmon. We eat salmon. We eat salad. We, you know, if we have to eat rice, we'll eat brown rice. As you know, we don't try to eat a lot of rice, but we try to eat brown rice if we have a meal that requires a little bit of rice. Because you know, they are kids at the end of the day. But I always tell my son, it's not that you can't have it; is that it's poisonous for you. So if I gave you something that is poisonous, do you want to take it? And then you help them understand why you're not giving it to him. Don't just tell them, no, because that's a daño. No, because it's poisonous. Ah. So then it helps them understand. So my son knows if he goes somewhere and he starts flapping his hands a lot, he knows he ate something with a lot of gluten. Ah. He ate something with a lot of sugar. He, re he, re he knows because yeah. I've already trained him to realize the things that make him very hyper. Wow. Oh my goodness. But you know, there is like, I do a lot of, um, you know, and for dinners we do, you know, we can do, uh, breaded, uh, fish, but the, the, the crumbs, you can buy them gluten-free crumbs and yeah. you can bread the little chickens and you can bread the fish. Again, I did say at the beginning, this does require a lot of work, but at the end of the day, it's really changing the lifestyle of the health for the whole family. It's not just for one person. Well, yeah. Because what you're mentioning is what society should be eating yes. period Can't absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't need to be drinking milk right but yet there we are having milk mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. we don't have to be having these sugars but there we are having the sugars exactly. i mean oh my goodness but it's this is, it, it is i mean i i'm sure it's very challenging especially for a kid who's super you know i i mean i know for me i'm freaking 37 years old and it's difficult for me <laughs> I can just imagine for a child, right? Because yeah. I'm sure that he sees his friends eating all these other beautiful, amazing, like tasty mm -hmm. foods, but he can't have that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it's really hard for them. But like I said, if you, you know, I come from a generation that when your mom told you no, 
<laughs> you, you weren't even able to ask, why not? Was like, I know. No. And that was it, right? And so I refuse to tell my son no. I just tell him no, but this is why. So let's say, for instance, you know, sometimes he's with his friends and his friends have Takis, right? We all love Takis because who doesn't love Takis, right? And I tell him, have one, two, you're at max. And he does. At least he, he has it, but he knows that he cannot consume it because it's going to make him hyper. It's going to make him really sensitive. It's going to, and so he understands that. But I always tell him, see, this is why. Because he realizes that when his hand's shaking a little too much, he went off track in his diet. Mm, yeah. So we teach him to learn that early on. It won't be as hard as you think, but it is a challenge because, again, they're kids. But, yes, it's, it's, you have to change the diet all the way around. Wow. This is a lot of amazing information to know. Um, and, okay. Now we, we got the food, we got the neuroscience component. Okay, now child is in, in classroom. Mm-hmm. How is it? How is it with, with um, handling um, and navigating the waters in the classroom? Because I've, I've known, you know, some amigas that have um, like kids that are autistic or on the, or on that, what are they called? I'm sorry for not having the, the wording behind it but who are on the spectrum. And um, I've seen them move from one class to another class to another class because the teachers are insensitive or the, or the administration can, can handle it because you know these are kids that don't have these resources of knowing what to eat and having the, the examination of the neurologist to determine what triggers. Mm-hmm. Have you had problems in school? You know what, I, I have to honestly tell you that I started pretty early um, with the school. You know, he was diagnosed early, so I went straight to the school and I asked him to modify certain things. Now, the school has to modify, especially when you have a diagnosis and you know what triggers, what doesn't trigger. Again, this is where a lot of the work goes in because you have to kind of find the triggers, right? So with the school... I went in again with my paperwork. I requested a school meeting with all the teachers that my son would have in every single grade. So let me tell you, amigas, this will happen every year. This is not just one year. You will have to do this every year. So every year, because he has a different set of teachers, we will meet with them every single year, and I will go over the situation again. So one of them is they are allowed to give you more time for your son's testing. That is by law, they have to give you more time for testing. Um, you can request for him to be set in the front or sat in the back, depending on the way your child reacts to things. See, in my case, my son sitting in the front is better because he has less distractions. However, he can distract some of the kids because he'll flap his hands again when he's either eating a little something that he's not used to or he's not supposed to so it attracts attention so on my situation we kind of had to sit him to the side to the side and the front so he's kind of on the side but still in the front but nevertheless not distracting the kids that are behind him um the the teachers will will accommodate However, I understand that some teachers won't, but I refuse to put my son on 
special needs class or any of that, because at the end of the day, amigas, your son will have to be out in the world with real problems, with real people, and they will not modify that for them. Okay, so we need to get them used to dealing with a regular classroom setting. You just have to fight the school if they're not workable with you. I've been very lucky that both of the schools my son attended to were very accommodating. Um, both of the schools um, were a smaller classroom size. Um, but again, you know, it does require work and it, it, it required some fighting <laughs> involved. <laughs> but, you know, you get the Puerto Rican gloves on and you're like, you're going to make this work for my son. And, um, and it did, you know, and it has. But again, you know, we're ending a school year and then come in August, I will have to sit down again with all his teachers and I will go over this again and again. And I always tell them, if you see him distracted or doing something disruptive, call him up separately and send him to do something for five, 10 minutes. That will let their brain, little brains relax a little bit and come back into the classroom setting. So it's a lot for them. So you have to kind of get them out of the classroom setting for five or 10 minutes, send them to get a paper to the teacher, to the office, and then come back and they will work with you, but you do have to fight, my amigas. It's not, you won't find many teachers that are workable. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. Now, yeah. this is, this requires a lot on you as a mother. Yes. How have you been able to handle it? And, and, and do you have support? in doing this um <clears throat> yes and no <laughs> well you know what that's an honest answer yes and no um i i there's there's a lot of crying involved sometimes so please don't think that you know because we look okay and our hair is done and our nails done and everything is perfect it's not you know there's been times where i feel overwhelmed and there's been times where i'm exhausted and and I think sometimes not everybody's on the same page of where I want everybody to be, but you know, that, that really does come with a two family situation. And, but this is where I come and say yes and no. You know, I, I talk a lot and I say, Hey, you know, I need him to be on a certain diet. Hey, I need you to keep an eye on this. Hey, and sometimes it happens and sometimes it does, but it doesn't, but for the most part, it does. Um, and I've been fortunate to still have a very good line of communication open with grandma and grandpa and aunts and, and people that have been a part of my life. And obviously we will always be a family because we have a child in common, right? So I always tell people, you have to, when you have a child with special needs, you have to find a way to communicate because this is for the long run. This is not just five, 10 years, you know, this is for the long run. So I've been able to express the need and it have been given back to me with, you know, sometimes a yes, sometimes a no, sometimes a no response. But for the most part, I want to say I had, I've had some help. And when I feel overwhelmed, I think my thing to do is find some time for yourself and just, you know, and, and, and go jogging and go get a massage or go get your hair done or find some time for you. Because if you don't find time for you, you will not be good for your son. Yeah. You will be grouchy. You will be short. You will be irritated. You will be all of the above. And they need the best of us. And, and we have to 
we have to find time for ourselves. Like you said, for your masterclass, finding time for you is really the key. You have to find time for you. And just like we think our clients are important, we are important. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. That is valuable information. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, I can see why um, uh, you have this amazing soul and re ready and willing to help people, which now I realize I'm like, okay, now I see how she developed her nonprofit. And Amigas, I need to tell you about her nonprofit, which is called Helpers of Mankind Helping Children with ADHD, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I know why you, you, um, you already told us why. Tell us what kind of resources do you have in your nonprofit? Okay, so my nonprofit started right after I, I did all the diagnosis and we figured out a plan. And after I had spent about $8,000, and I'm not gonna lie to you, amigas, it was very expensive, but you know, it was either do or die. And I said, I will die before I don't do this and 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 thank god you know <laughs> we're still here we're still good um but it, it it did develop as a result of it being so expensive now it was a it was more expensive than it would be because i didn't know so i was bouncing around trying different things and going different places and 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 just experimenting until i narrowed it down so what my nonprofit does is we're a source of uh, resources. We can send you to the doctor. We can guide you through the process, let you know how it's going to work, how it's going to be. And from that point, um, you're, you're basically on your own to continue. Now, there has been some times that when the nonprofit has had funding, we have done a grant and we have done partial grants to help certain families um, with, the, with the commitment that you have to follow through because you will spend on an average of between 2000 to 2500 that is about what your expense will be from the beginning to the end of all the treatment and everything you need as guidance now from that point on you're on your own to continue the nutrition to continue everything else that falls into into play um, so we have been able through the nonprofit um, been able to offer a grant. It can be a thousand, it can be 500. It can be the whole thing, depending on the funding and the situation that we come across. But for the most part, a lot of the families that have gone through the nonprofit have been able to manage that. And I have to tell you, amigas, when I did it, I didn't have the funds, but did I borrow from every credit card I had to? Absolutely. Because I needed to get to the bottom of it and I needed to make sure my baby was okay at the end of the day. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. Really, so really that's, how, <laughs> that's how we narrowed it down. And, um, and my nonprofit is our baby, you know, um, Harrison knows all about it. Helpers of mankind, um, became the name because his name means leader of mankind. Mm. So we switched it over to helpers of mankind. Oh. We opened the nonprofit. Yeah, and if you see the silhouette in our nonprofit, that's his little face when he was about four, I think. Oh my God. Oh. So the nonprofit holds a lot to our hearts, and, and a lot of tears have gone into it, and it is not yet where we want it to be, 
but thank God we're not where we used to be, right? Yeah. 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 Oh my God. So beautiful. So anyone who wants to know more about autism and the the um, resources you have, all they need to do is go to www.helpersofmankind.com. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, perfect. You can send us an email. Uh, you can shoot a phone call and say, hey, Lynette, you know, who do we go to? What do we do? And we can, I can definitely, it, it would be my pleasure to guide you and help you. We are working on, you know, hopefully last year was a little bit of a challenge for a lot of us, you know, especially nonprofits, but you know, we we're picking up where we left off and we're moving forward to hopefully being able to facilitate some of the costs to the families. Um, but again, um, I recommend that a lot of the amigas, if, if, if you allow me to recommend something, yes. um, I always say, you know, read a couple of books that I went through, um, to help me kind of understand. And one of them was, uh, 10 things every child with autism, um, wants you to know. And it, it comes from an autistic child. Uh, so it kind of gives you an insight um of how they feel at times and that kind of gave me um the patience sometimes with my son because sometimes you're like oh my god i just told you that you know and then i forget so i've caught myself losing <laughs> you know, my patience at times but you know i remind myself hey you know hey however i have to tell you this amigas very very important your child is very 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 smart don't underestimate them they're very smart they are listening to you but they're processing the information a little slower they are listening to the way you speak to the way you react to the way you do everything because believe it or not they will do something that you will see yourself as an image as a mirror you're like oh that's me oh my god like I tried not to but they will pick it up and <laughs> they will try to use their autism as an excuse at times because they're smart and because society has made it a point to say oh because they're autistic oh because they're you know what no 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 autism is just a little bit of a problem that we got a handle on it and you are just as good as anybody else and then some so be very, very aware of that because they will use it. I mean, my son has used it. So that's why I say it, you know, oh, mom, it's part of the autism. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 yes. And no, at the same time, yes, it is. But no, you don't get to use it as an excuse because uh. you're smart, because you depend on me and I depend on you. And because we're going to make this work together. Wow. So, when you do a structure for them, they function better. So autistic children do well with very, very structured lifestyles. Um, and as hard as that might be, you have to kind of keep it that way because they function better. And once you get a structure going, when you decide to do little changes, do them gradually and they adapt really fast. You know, they'll go with your change. You just can't make it like super drastic because they will take it and it makes them very antsy. Oh, I can imagine. Oh my God. Yeah. This, <laughs> all, you have so much valuable information for amigas, amigas out there who have kids that might be on the spectrum of autism or 
or know someone or someone in their family, this is valuable information for them to have and to know and to learn more about. And I love this book, 10 Things Every Child with Autism Wants You to Know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and amigas, please, please purchase that. We're going to put the, um, the name of the book in the show notes as well as the uh, website to, to the nonprofit. And, but before we leave, amiga, um, I always ask my girls, my, my ladies, my amigas, mm-hmm. um, one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her shit, especially being a mom with an autistic child. One of the most important things is be willing to do what it takes. If you are willing to do what it takes, it's going to all fall in place. Um, I, I think that's one of my, the biggest things that I, that I kind of, when I was going through the situation, I, I think I told you this, I woke up one day and I said, Lynette, handle your shit. Nobody else is going to do it. Get up, get it done. And I got up and I got it done. Now, does it require the energy out of somewhere that you don't think you have it? But you know what, amigas? Every single one of you are strong. And when it comes to your child, you will get energy out of I don't know where it comes from and strength from I don't know where it comes. Thank you, Jesus, for that strength, right? Because we know it comes. He gives it to us. He's not going to give us anything we can't handle. But we... Sometimes we forget we're that strong. We forget we're that powerful. We forget that we can make it work. So be willing to do what it takes is your number one. Um, And if you find obstacles in in the process, call. Call anybody. Because you don't know who you may know, who I may know, that can maybe facilitate something for you. One, all, maybe half, I don't know, anything. Anything. Be willing to make that phone call. Oh, my goodness. That is so valuable and so beautiful that you said that to make that phone call, because I think a lot of amigas out there feel alone and isolated when they Uh have a kid that has autism Uh Uh and and sometimes even shame. Absolutely. And, and, And I didn't mean to tell you that, that when the diagnosis came, you know, a lot of different emotions come. And, and, and it's very overwhelming. You know, you're sad, you feel guilty, you feel shameful, you, you feel like it's your fault. And now you're by yourself. You know, maybe some of our amigas are married and have the other spouse that, you know, you can have that reinforcement, right? But if you find yourself that you don't have that reinforcement, you know, make the phone call. And they can call you, they can call me, we can call somebody else. You know, there's a lot of, um, people sometimes that say, oh, we're all here to help. And sometimes they're not. And I know because we've all been there, right? We've all been there that you think that somebody's going to help you and they didn't. But sometimes the help comes in a way that you're not expecting, but that help might change your life for the better. Yeah. Yes. Be willing to try, just call it and let's see what we can do. You know, we can, we can do fundraisers. We can, you know, I always say that when there's, a will, right? There's a way. And if we don't have something to cover for an expense per se, we can always find it. We can always call all of Amigas and say, hey, Amigas, I'm trying to do this for my son and I'm trying to raise this amount of money. Who is in to help me? And believe it or not, Amigas, our Amigas will come together. 
Yeah. We just have to stick together. We got to find, but find the good amigas, find the ones that are willing to help, find the ones that are willing to serve because my job, my purpose is to serve. It has been since I was a little girl and it's not going to stop by just one thing. It's serving in a lot of different ways. Uh, oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. It's all about service. Serving. 1000%. Yep. And I'm so thankful that you said that. Yes. Because I think uh, many, many people out there um, uh, are like, well, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. But it's never like that. No. no. Don't yeah. depend on it being like that. No. Do yeah. it because you're serving, because you want to help. And believe me, the blessings will just come your way. Yeah. They magnify. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Lynette. This was so beautiful and so amazing that you took the time because I know your time is super valuable and I'm so, so honored and amigas out there, please, please, please. If you have a suspicion that your child may be autistic or has something, you know, reach out to the nonprofit, reach out to her nonprofit so that she can at least help you, right, Lynette? Like just guide you in the right direction. Absolutely. You know, anything I can do for you guys, amigas, I will be willing to do everything that is in my power to help you. I will help you. There you go. There you go. From her words, right? To God's ears and to your, into your brain. <laughs> oh my God. Love you, love you, love you. Thank you, Lynette, for being here. For having me, beautiful lady. Thank you so much. And amigas, go handle your shit. Ah, yes. <laughs> handle your shit. <laughs> go handle it. Take care of it. Yeah, take care of it. Take care of it. Thank yes. you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.